I mentioned that in the Torah, in chapter 23 of the book of Ayikra, the Torah has a list of the festivals. And what constitutes a holy day is three things. There is the prohibition from work. There is the day of sacrifice. And then there's a third element, which I would call special observances. So the festival of Sukkot is the sukkah, is the taking the four species. Chag matzot has the matzah. Yom HaKippurim has the fasting. Rosh Hashanah, the Torah calls Yom Trua Yerachem, a day of Trua, which the rabbinic tradition understood to be a day of shofar, literally a day of crying out. The exception to the rule seems to be the festival of Shavuot. The festival of Shavuot seems to have no particular observance. It's interesting, though, that when the Torah speaks of the festival of Shavuot, which is chapter 23, and in verse number 22, When you reap the harvest of your land, do not, says the Torah, reap all the way to the edges. Do not do that, but rather, Leave that, leave the edges, the peotasade, the edges of the field, to the stranger, to the poor person and the stranger. Tazovotam, I am the Lord your God, Ani Hashem Elohechem. It's interesting that that verse is almost word for word found just a few chapters earlier in the book of Ayikra, namely in chapter 19. Verse number 9 and verse number 10. And there the Torah said, When you reap the harvest of your land, Do not reap all the way to the edges. Do not gather the gleanings of your harvest. Then the Torah added the vineyard as well. Do not pick your vineyard, bear. Do not gather the fallen fruit of your vineyard, rather leave them to the poor person and to the stranger, and once again, I am the Lord your God. So over here in chapter 23, we have, one might say, a more concise uh, version of what we already have read just four chapters earlier in chapter 19. Why has the Torah a second time said virtually the identical thing. And here it's interesting that this verse, identical to chapter 19, more or less, is found in the context of the holiday that we call Shavuot, even though it's not a commandment that is particular to the holiday of Shavuot. It's something that obtains all the time. Whenever we reap our field, and in fact, we're probably not reaping the field on the holiday of Shavuot at all outside of perhaps uh, reaping the field to collect the Omer sacrifice, which the Talmud discusses. But generally speaking, as the Torah said, Do not, you're prohibited from doing work. Reaping the field, working the fields is work. 
So why did the Torah, in fact, include in the holiday of Shavuot, in the context of Shavuot, this uh, obligation to leave the corners of the field? And it strikes me that actually this particular obligation, which the Torah has included in the, in the festival of Shavuot, is a way of saying, or reinforcing the idea, that what makes the day special is not just the sacrifice or the prohibition of labor, but the special observance. And this is a mitzvah that even though it's not taking place specifically on Shavuot at all, but is deeply connected to the idea of this festival. The idea of the festival as the Torah describes it is to count towards the time and then to actually be in possession of the land. When you come into the land, the Omer sacrifice when you first enter, and the Mincha Chadasha, known in the Talmud as Shtei the two breads that are brought on the 50th day, these represent possession of the land. And possession of the land means a recognition that it's not fully yours. If we think about the festival that takes place in the words of the Torah on the 50th day, after counting seven and seven, seven weeks, the reader is no doubt reminded of something that appears just two chapters later in the Torah, not about 50 days, but 50 years, the Jubilee year, the Yovel. After we count seven years and seven years, seven times seven, years, not days, then the Jubilee year, the Yovel, when all lands return to their initial owners. And the Torah gives the reason. God says why. Ki the land is mine, the earth is mine, says God. Gerim matemi madi, you are strangers and sojourners with me. And if you recognize that, says the Torah, in the land of your possession, because the land is your possession, but only if you understand that it's actually mine. So the recognition that it's mine, as manifested and observed by the Yovel, is what gives us, in fact, license to possess the land. That's what the Torah says about the 49 years and the 50th year. The Yovel. So, the land goes back to its owner, because in a sense he never owned it. You, you lease the land in the Torah, you don't own the land. Because that goes back to its original owner. It's never really yours. On the other hand, the Torah calls it Achuzah, that which I fully possess. So over here, on the festival of weeks, the, the counting, the seven times seven, and then the 50th, so here too, it's about a recognition that it's not fully mine. And it's actually very interesting that when the Torah speaks here about leaving the corners of the field, the Torah did not say, give the corners of the field to the poor person. The Torah did not say, give the corners of the field to the stranger. The Torah said rather, leave them. Don't take them. As if to say, you're not giving them anything. It's not yours to give. It's mine. Leave it. Don't take it for yourself. Leave it for them. So what the Torah has done over here is to reinforce the idea of what the festival is all about. It has included in the description of the holiday of Shavuot, a mitzvah. And whereas the mitzvah is not specific to Shavuot in terms of its practice, 
but it is very specific to the idea of the festival of Shavuot in terms of what the holiday in the Torah is all about. So we are counting, we are counting the days, we are counting the weeks. The counting means that we are aspiring to something. And in the Torah, the plain meaning clearly is that the festival of Shavuot represents the entering the land and the possessing the land. In the rabbinic tradition, it's very interesting. That rabbinic tradition uh, totally embraces the idea of an aspiration, of counting towards. But within the rabbinic tradition, the festival of Shavuot is presented, and this is true in our liturgy as well, as man matan toratenu, as the holiday which uh, reflects, celebrates, the receiving of the Torah. The truth of the matter is that in the Chumash itself, certainly and never explicitly does the Torah suggest that the festival of Shavuot is connected to receiving the Torah. In fact, it is rather striking that there is no festival in the Torah which is specifically about receiving the Torah. The closest we get to it is in the book of Devarim, where the Torah speaks of every seven years you are to gather the community together and to reenact the experience of standing at Sinai. That we do have in that tradition. And that takes place not on what we call Shavuot, but takes place on the festival of Sukkot every seven years, and that's called Hakel. So that we do have. We have a ritual within the Torah to remind us of standing at Sinai and receiving the Torah. But in terms of an every year observance that we do not have, but the rabbinic tradition understood that one of the purposes, and according to some commentaries, the main purpose of leaving the land of Egypt was to stand at Sinai and to accept and embrace God's commandments, which suggest a way of life which enhances the human being and brings the human being closer to God. So that is the aspiration that is parallel in the Chumash to the aspiration of possession of land, standing in the sacred place, and uh, being able to fully uh, be a person. It's interesting, and I'll conclude with this thought, that there is a great dispute amongst the commentaries about what the purpose of leaving Egypt is within the context of the book of Exodus. Rashi's position is that the purpose of leaving Egypt was to stand at Sinai and to accept the Torah, to the degree that Rashi says that the entire story that takes place after we stand at Sinai, namely the golden calf, the Mishkan, all of that Rashi suggests in one place is out of order. If there hadn't been a golden calf, says Rashi, there might not have been a Mishkan altogether. The book would have ended with the Israelite people standing at the foot of the mountain and saying, Naseh Nishma, we accept the Torah. That's Rashi's point of view. Nachmanides, the Ramban, strongly disagrees. And he says the point of the book of Exodus, yes, Sinai is very important, necessary, but not sufficient. The point is to become a holy nation, a nation of priests. A nation of priests 
has at its center the sacred space. So the Torah for the Ramban was a means to an end, but not the end in itself. The Ramban, of course, fully embraces the centrality and the great significance of receiving the Torah, that's for sure. But that's not the goal. That's a means to an end. So within our tradition, there are these two points of view. Is it about sacred space, or is it about observance and commandedness? And actually, the festival of Shavuot, I would say, within the written Torah, is all about sacred space, sacred land, living in God's land, in God's space, and recognizing as such, combined with the freedom to be fully human. And the rabbinic tradition, I would say, I wouldn't say substitutes, but I would say adds another dimension, another aspiration. We account towards the receiving of the Torah. We count towards the receiving of the Torah and seeing that as, as a goal. And the truth of the matter is that being commanded in and of itself is related to freedom because it presumes the ability of the human being to make choices. So there too, we are celebrating the full freedom, which begins with leaving Egypt behind. But the full freedom is not recognized the moment we left the land of Egypt. The full freedom is recognized either at Sinai, when we are commanded beings, and or people who are able to possess their own space and make autonomous decisions. I would say the two are not contradictory at all, but rather complementary.